two men, separated by a stretch of highway all summer long, with a goal of pursuing individual journalism unlike no one ever has in Northern Ontario before. Folks, this is The Lake Show. What else do you want to know? everybody episode 16 how you doing hopsy baby boy here with my man salty as ever it is tuesday april 23rd 2019 and i literally just got upstairs from watching game seven of the bruins leafs game kind of tough one yeah tough one buddy it's tough it's really tough i'm really rattled um I was also like, I, my voice is awful. I from I went to game six. Luckily, I got to go to game six. I can't even talk still from that. Just can't believe they couldn't close it out at home. And then, like I had, I did have a lot of hope after, you know, it, it's going back to Boston. The way things have been going, third yeah. series in a decade that uh, they've lost to the Bruins. There, you know, back to back game seven losses in the past two seasons. Sorry if I sound like a clown. I feel like a zombie talking, but voice hasn't come back yet from being in the in the Scotiabank Arena there. But I was a rattled man. I'm a Flames and Leafs fan. Ask me how that works. I don't know, but you know, both them not moving on. I'm. I hate this playoff format in the NHL. I think it's terrible. Yeah. You know, they're marketing you know rivalry games they weren't getting for a couple of years, and it's you know it's nice to see some division you know some division matchups. But when you're losing the best teams in the league in the first round, you know, multiple years in a row. I know I don't think that sells the game very well. Like tell me what second round is going to be like the, the, the big ticket. Like I can't see any of these ones really good catch my eye. Like I'll watch the hockey because I enjoy it. But man, like yeah. when you look at the East, like jeez. I know. Like I feel like in, well, you know, in Canada, the casual fans out the window right now. I'd say. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. You know, there's no Canadian teams left. And you know, I hate when people make that argument. Like there's no Canadian teams left. Like that matters at all. Half of yeah, no. American teams anyways, but you know, it's sad. It's good for, you know, it's good for TV. And you know what? It might be a good thing. Uh, they, you know, for sports net and stuff, you know, yeah. talk about something else, but I you know what, yeah. and I was just, that's the first thing I said to my roommates when, when we heard they lost, I was like, I'm going to hear and Now we have to hear about this for another full year. And, and I feel bad for people that aren't Leafs fan. And, you know, I'm a Leafs fan and it gets annoying. <laughs> if you don't like the Leafs, I couldn't imagine watching, you know, Canadian television. Oh, buddy, it could get pretty bad, especially when all we got for Sens talk is how bad our owner is and how other <laughs> everything's going poorly, and then we and keep hearing about the least. Disrespect to franchise and sports. Yeah, so it's been a rough ride. But, I mean, I want to get your opinion, actually, on that. So what what do you think of the whole backing Canada's team? So, like, if there's only one Canadian team left in the playoffs, do you think all Canadians should back that one team, or should you just kind of roll with the flow? If it's not your team, it's not your team. I don't know. Like, I find, like, personally – I don't really care, you know. Once your yeah. team's out, I if I, I really don't care that much. I'll usually just I gotta root for whoever, and and you know by the time it comes to the final, I know I've watched them. I always watch all the playoffs, so you know, yeah. like I've traveled the journey with them, so I'm just always kind of happy for whoever wins. I kind of pick a team, and if they do well, I'll keep watching them. And you know, I don't know. Like I I I do agree though. Like I I na- I personally naturally find myself backing a Canadian team when. You know, the Flames or Leafs, like I said, my two are out. But yeah. I don't think, like, you sh- you know, there's anything – if you're a Canadian and you don't back a Canadian team when your team is out, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't think it's because we're Canadian. That means- right? Like, I feel like as another – well, obviously, you know, so far in the Sens and stuff, I was like, I want my team to be the first Canadian team to win. Like, no, no offense to the other teams and all, you know, I'll cheer them on here and there, but I'm not going to go all in on another Canadian team because I want my team to be that one team to finally break oh, the curse. Especially hey, that's, with this drought, Canadian, you know, NHL, yeah. realistically, any friend, like, you know, the Jays won in 91, the, you know, Montreal Canadiens won in 1993, and, you know, since then we've had a couple finals, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, was at Vancouver in 94, like, 
Yeah, yeah Ottawa. Off for major sports in Canada, and now the Jays, unfortunately, you know, albeit they're doing a little bit better than expected, taking a step back. So you know, seeing the Flames and Leaf doing so well in the regular season, blowing it like this in the first round, essentially they're blowing it. They are. I don't care what you say. Yeah, it's really frustrating, and it makes me upset. But it is what it is. Sports. Well, I've heard it's uh, it's making other people upset too. You kind of you threw that Instagram live or Instagram story out there. I don't know if you want to kind of go through that and explain what, what's going to happen today. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I just thought just trying something different. You know, school years winding down. I guess we really say that if you're still here, I don't know. Are exams could you, exams even be? Up? I think exams are done. Okay. But, yeah, it's getting yeah. pretty late. So hopefully everyone is done. I thankfully am had a bit of a stressful end there and. Um, Looking forward to summertime here. So while it's, you know, trying something different here, if we're going to keep pumping these episodes out, which we hope to, you know, we're having a good time doing it. Last episode with uh, Degagne there. Was that, last, last, that was the last episode, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. That just feels like with exams, it's like I don't even remember <laughs> doing the days anymore. You know, it's I know. It's crazy. Easter exams and everything. So, yeah. yeah, that was a really popular episode. And, you know, we're just thinking, you know, there's more. Maybe there's – you know, hopefully a couple of people listening now and, you know, maybe we'll try and grow it a bit. And I just, I don't know, I've never done this in my life. You know, I see all these people doing these things. So I made that Instagram story there. After, who wants to call in? I'm going to look at actually what I wrote because I don't even really remember. It's, I did like my first try. That was my first Instagram story ever also. Was it actually? Instagram, oh, yeah, because you don't have Instagram, eh? Why do you have Instagram? Just don't feel like it? I don't know. Honestly, like I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I like, I never had it. And then like, at the time, in my head, it was like I had everything else. I remember I used to have like Vine and stuff too. <laughs> I never had Vines. Yeah, I wish I kind of had that. Yeah, like, like I had that at the time, and they kind of came out at the same time. And I was like, well, I don't right. need every single one. And that was just the one I never got. And then I just never ended up getting it. But now it's like it's so popular that like, I'm obviously aware about it. And like now that the Lakers pod has the little Instagram, I've been kind of farting around on it a bit. It's kind of hilarious. I don't yeah. really know if I like Instagram that much, but there's everyone's <laughs> on it. But so yeah, I made a little story there. I asked if you want to DM us, come on the show, give us your number. We'll call We'll call you in and, uh, you know, just give you the old school phone call in. Sound like an AM tin can radio and see what you want to say. And we got Parker um, Anderson, student trainer from the volleyball team. So two, he's uh, actually, uh, he's calling me right now. Do you want me to bring him on right away? Oh, go for it right now. This is actually, this is great radio. Folks, we're just uh, getting word from our producers behind the scenes. And we have a caller just got a hold of him. Patching him through now. Parker Anderson, welcome to the Lake Show. First call-in guest ever. It's really happy to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself for the people who don't know you listening as quick as you can. 30-second rundown on who you are before we get into something here for a couple minutes. All right. Well, I just uh, finished my fourth year phys ed program at Nipissing. Uh, next year, going into the teacher's uh, education program at Nipissing. So, I'll be following in Matt Smart's footsteps there, and hey, hey. we'll be getting that going in September. Absolutely, and uh, you had a little involvement there with the, uh, the you were around with the volleyball the volleyball team, right? You were the yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of doing it all there for Eric Young and the, and the guys, and had a lot of fun doing it. And unfortunately, I've decided to move on, so next year will be a little something different for me. But hanging up the whistle, there. eh, Park? Yeah, that's hanging it. up the iPad. Hey, well, still absolute yeah, legend yeah, there on the, on the court. And anyways, happy to have you on the show. Um, we asked you to call in and talk about what we were thinking about the Leafs game, but we also want to open it up to whatever you want to talk about. So, basically, you take this where you want to go, and we'll just kind of go with the flow here and see what happens. All right. Well, I guess because the wounds are a little fresh right now, we can talk about what just transpired in Boston. Um, so another game seven loss there for the Leafs. It's it's a tough one this time because it was a totally different series than last year's, especially, you know, they had the chance to close out the series on, on Sunday there at home and lost the opportunity. But from the sounds of things, they were all looking forward to tonight to get the opportunity again to close the series out. Fortunately, you know, Boston's just a veteran team that's got a bunch of guys that know how to win, and the Leafs, I guess, are just not there yet. 
Parker, I can hear that. I hear the pain coming from your voice here, and it, and it hurts me to hear you like this. But tell me, tell me what you think is yeah. uh, next for the Leafs. What can they do to really take that next step and help you, you poor fans, get over this hump? Win a win a series. Well, um, <laughs> well, we we definitely need to win a series at some point. Um, going into the off season, they've got a lot of questions if you know Kyle Dubas the general manager he's got to evaluate certain things um first and foremost I'd say is Mike Babcock as the coach he's going into his last year of the contract with the team and is he really already I yeah I think it's I think it's time to move on you know wow he is a little bit stubborn in his coaching ways that like I think just as a fan that tonight, especially the last 10 minutes of the game, he had to be just rolling that Tavares line in the Matthews line. And I ask you a um, question, Parker, as a Leafs fan and as a hockey fan in okay. multi, I want you to chime in here too. Yep. Um, do you see these teams, you know, in, in the regular season, these last couple of years and the game changing so much Tampa Bay, yeah, Calgary, Toronto, these skill teams, these teams are unreal. Guys getting tons of points, you know, putting together good regular seasons, and you see them, and I'm not saying, you know, they're playing good teams, but these teams with a little grittier style starting to start winning some games when it matters a little more than who cares about the President's Trophy. And when these teams with guys that are, you know, maybe a little more lunch pail style are winning hockey games and you know, a lot of people, old school hockey nerds on Twitter are getting a little fired up about it. I love it. What do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, like, does the way the Leafs have built their team is that successful? Uh, I I don't know because we we don't see them past this first round of the playoffs, and we don't see them past anyone besides Boston, who whether they've changed or not in the last couple of years still play Boston brand Don Cherry kind of hockey where they they'll beat the snot idea and they'll score when you screw up they'll they'll take advantage of those screw ups and they have obviously Boston has studied how the Leafs are successful and they were successful in shutting them down four out of seven times and that's all you need hey, uh, Harps let me ask you a question uh, how hard would it have been to to get like a third fourth line grinder type guy at the deadline how hard what how much you give up for that and is it worth it oh i think it's so worth it like they were saying like there was lots of speculation of i don't know how well like wide open it was talked about but that leaves getting a guy like michael furlan in their lineup yeah and like i don't know like i was surprised to see that calgary traded him because i thought he really gave them an identity that now you look they could have probably used that in that colorado series they get rid of mike furlan i'm not saying they get a couple good players back in noah hannafin and and uh, what's that, Lindholm, who had great seasons. But I think that's a – that's if the Leafs had a guy like that, you know, I don't think Martin was a guy that could – you know, I love the way Martin played, played over 10 minutes a night in this Islanders series where they sweep the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I don't know if he can play at that speed that the Leafs want to play at, whereas I think Ferlin – I played against Michael Ferlin junior hockey. I'm not joking. There is not one human being I've ever played sports, anything competitive with, that is more terrifying in my life ever. He used to be an absolute freak in junior. Like he broke like three or four guys' jaws, like one punching them. He would get in your face and give you no choice but to fight you. And he was tough. And he had like a hundred points in that league. He can play. And he's got that grit that not many guys have. He's one of the tougher in the league. I'm surprised he doesn't show it more with how successful guys like, you know, Ryan Reeves are having careers. I don't care what anyone says, 20 points. Don't tell me that that's successful the way he plays. Like, in my opinion, that's what the Leafs need. But, you know, that's a lazy narrative that people probably don't like hearing. But that's my shot on it. I think that's, no, that's so fair. Important. Look at Tom Wilson last year, right? <sighs> Tom Wilson. A lot, a lot of those guys are saying, like, he was one of the main reasons why they won the Cup. 100%. 100%. And then I hate to say it, but then you look on the other side of things, and they have Ryan Reeves on the other side. Yeah. Like, why is that? It's not a coincidence that these teams have the, that, that role player. I think now that it's gotten down a little bit, you might see people who I've had this conversation with before. I hope are listening will laugh when I say this. I hope there's a little bit of an arms race here. <laughs> Boys start loading up a bit. Maybe it's like maybe there'll be a big team that just loads up on tough guys and everyone smashes them around. <laughs> Hilarious, and I hope that happens. 
But um, I can't say that because I don't want people to get hurt. That's not what I'm saying. I just like hockey. That's intense. I like sports. Sports are sports. Yeah. Are. Kind of moving away from that topic now, though. I'll go a bit back to, uh, about Mike. Pull up your bab socks here. I know you had a lot of beef going on on Twitter because you're talking about you were at the game for Game Six and the timing of pulling the goalie. Do you want to kind of touch up on that? Man. I was yelling at people out of the way at Scotiabank Arena. I was screaming at people going on the escalator, getting in arguments with guys because I I think that's too early. It's a clinching game at home. They were only down by one goal. Yeah, taken. I was there. Everything was insane. That it was. It didn't seem like the right time to me. They didn't have possession of the puck. It was in the offensive zone. They didn't have possession. They pulled the goalie, and it felt like in a matter of two seconds, it was tic-tac out of the zone, back of the net. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than being within one and then having that all gone in a matter of seconds for an empty net goal. Like, it is crazy. The last minute, there's so much that can happen, and not even giving your team a chance to have that happen. There's Like, as a fan, it's gut-wrenching, and I completely agree with you, Herbs. It was it was tough, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, I'm, just the city would have been so fun that night. It would, I'm sure like everyone in this in the world would have been out. But yeah. I don't know. Toronto's got some. You know, I hope they just sucked because like the Raptors were in it too. And like, I went to this place to watch the game, and it had like the screen on for the Raptors game and a screen on for the Leafs game, and like the place was going nuts. Like, there's a buzz in that city right now for sure. It sucks the Leafs are done, but. Yeah, it kind of sucks okay. the air out of it. Anyways, Parker, talk to us. Like, give us one more thing, something random here. Take it wherever you want to go, buddy. Well, um, this this season can be – I read a book by one of oh. the Sportsnet's guys, uh, Steve Dangle. It's called This Team is Ruining My Life, but I still love them. And <laughs> I am thinking that this book is the accurate representation of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's – it sucks every April we're doing the same kind of debrief and come September, October, the hype will be there and we'll have another successful season. And we keep wishing that at some point it's going to get better and we'll see what this off season entails. Last off season obviously was a big deal with the Tavares signing. Now we've got the pieces in place. We just need to add those those third, fourth line guys, those third pairing guys that can give us that edge come playoff time because playoff hockey is a different beast than games one to 82. Let me, let me finish up on this. For both of you guys, what would need to happen this summer for you guys to be that much more excited and forget about this year for next season? Just uh, For me, I'd, I don't know. Even I think if this team stays the same, I'll still be super excited come October. But yeah. I think changes in the third line, you know, maybe seeing what they can do with Nylander or Kadri, and and then Jake Gardner. I think will be signing somewhere else this off season because he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, and so filling that role in and seeing bringing some grit to the team because we've got the speed we've got the skill to beat every team in this league we just got to find ways to win close hockey games yeah it'll be interesting to see i'm just gonna say i'll be excited because they think they're gonna be good they're gonna have these pieces in place to be competitive for the next couple years so i just hope they get the right seasoning on it and honestly i don't even want to talk about anymore it's just gonna be a frustrating summer hearing about this all year fair enough well hey i'm glad yeah, go ahead, Parker. And it's it's frustrating because you, you look ahead and you start looking ahead that they could have had home ice against Columbus. And then that, you know, it's the playoffs are wide open this year. Three out of the four division winners are out, potentially a fourth tomorrow. And it's like, dang, this could have been the year. But wouldn't that do that to you? We'll see. We're out. It'd be crazy. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, General Manager Parker Anderson coming on the show and kind of uh, helping us out and debriefing on the on the Leaf series. I hope you guys enjoyed that. How about you, Harps? Absolutely, Parker. Thanks so much, buddy. And we'll have to have you back on soon, maybe. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. It was, it was, you know, it's helping me through the time. There you go. That's all we can ask for. Poor Lake Show, buddy. Come on. We'll talk to you soon, pal. Hang in there, Parker. We're thinking of you, buddy. Absolutely, pal.
All right. Thank you so much to Parker. That was fun. Had a good time with our first ever call-in. So hopefully uh, we can do this again, maybe make this a more of a reoccurring thing. Uh, I don't know what Salty, uh, what else do you have to say about that? You know, I, I think we'll maybe try to get a little bit more Instagram involvement because it's kind of fun. I know it's cool. And I like talking to you guys and you know, hopefully it gets your friends listening and stuff too. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's fun just to get different people on the show and get talking. And we have so many interesting people at school here. And it's just fun to tap into that and have some good conversations. Speaking of that, uh, we have men's varsity volleyball team coach. I don't know why I said it like that, but <laughs> head coach uh, Eric Young coming on. And we had we got the pleasure of interviewing him last week. And we have that bank for you guys. So I hope you enjoy this interview because we had a lot of fun asking him a lot of questions. And his journey is uh, is an extremely interesting one he's yeah. kind of like mr nipsing right like he's done everything yeah and i, I love hearing uh, perspective of other sports i think it's very good for yeah. other athletes and anyone in general i think just like hearing how like leaders of other people in organ and like it is an organization of a volleyball program i think it's really cool hearing other people's perspectives and how they do it so i really had a good time talking to him a little bit about his journey yeah the coach has done a lot for me too being able to work with him last year and uh you know, he's, he's just one of those people that if you reach out to him and you ask him to help him out and stuff, he'll, he's always more than welcome. So we appreciate that and hope you guys enjoy the interview. Moving on in our interview series here on The Lake Show, we are proud to bring in volleyball coach Eric Young here for a little interview and uh, just see how things are going with the program, catch up with him, and just exact, get to know him a little bit. Put a little bit of a voice to the face you see walking around the athletics and our fearless leader on the floor. <laughs> so, uh, Salty, um, Eric, welcome. Give us a little uh, little recap on a little life story here because it's a pretty interesting one to how you got to where you are as the head coach of the men's volleyball program. So, welcome the lake show and we're really happy to have you uh, first of all thanks a lot guys for having me on the show uh, enjoy watching your shows and hear a lot of good things um, you know uh, gotta go way back now you know getting up getting up there 37 this year um, born in Hong Kong in the late 80s and Hong Kong born in Hong Kong wow. yeah born <laughs> nice. Hong Kong late 80s uh, parents came we moved here I was born in Hong Kong early 80s, sorry. Moved here late 80s when I was about uh, to Toronto when I was six years old. Uh, you know, settled down there for a bit in the city, right downtown uh, for you know, six years before my parents made the decision to move to Mattawa. Uh, for those that don't know Mattawa, it's about 40 minutes east of here in a small town, about 74% uh, French population and about uh, overall population about 2,500. Um, so we settled there when I was 12. Uh, until I was about, you know, 18, 19, 18, back in the day when, yeah. Yeah, when OAC was still in play for school. Well, that's their fifth year in high school. Um, I transferred school actually to uh, Woodfield Secondary School here locally to uh, play volleyball for John Jeffries. Uh, JJ, JJ nice. yeah. he taught me volleyball first year. He's yeah. the man. Yeah. Also the former uh, women's volleyball coach here. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know. So, um, Got to do that. Uh, it was a big year for myself personally because yeah. I got to enjoy um, a lot many other sports that wasn't really offered in Ottawa, uh, and specifically soccer, which was my family's passion and my passion, which nice. I didn't get to play for about six, seven years in Ottawa. I uh, got to do that again, um, and also kind of built a pretty strong network of friends and connections. And you know, um, went to Carleton First University. Didn't really enjoy it as much as I I hope. Uh, uh, had a tough summer before that, dislocating elbow, and unfortunately wasn't able to make the soccer team. Uh, they were a very strong program. Uh, so decided to come back, uh, was recruited here to play soccer. Um, was from, I think the coach then was Rob Celebre uh, and Peter Batanti and Tony D'Agostino, who's the current head coach. The coaching staff we got right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're all back. Just uh, in different roles at that right. time. I, nice. I did, although I did when I played for Nipissing, I think all three of them were, at one really? point was the head coach. <laughs> that's cool. Um, Shout out to Peter, he's my boss. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was uh, pretty neat. I had a couple of friends and then we came to play soccer here. Was was always just to come here and, and get my business degree in. Right. Um, play soccer, but uh, at that time, uh, JJ was the woman's volleyball coach here. Um, kind of bumped into him, and you know, in JJ fashion, he mumbled to me, <laughs> hey, What are you doing here? I like, oh, just came back to play some soccer. Yeah. You need to play volleyball. <laughs> like, oh, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like that next level is pretty, pretty tough. Uh, a small little guy here. So, um, <laughs> 
kind of introduced me to coach at that time was Dwayne Cullen, who, who coached the program for many years and still somewhat involved with us. Just, you know, chatted and, and after soccer season, soccer volleyball overlapped a little bit, tried out, was lucky enough to earn a spot on, on, the, on the team. And um, I don't know, seven years after that moment, uh, took over the volleyball program here wow. <laughs> uh, nine years ago uh, I could I would say nine years ago yeah heading into the 10th season so um, that's kind of how I became the coach um, when, when presented the opportunity to do so um, one of the summers I, I was hesitant kind of took a month of, to to think about it because I, I wanted to take over the program not the team meaning I wanted a long-term process um, yeah. and with actually some of my friends still on the team it was it was a tough decision to make and, and I'm glad I did um, it's kind of been a big part of my life uh, at some point according to my wife it's it is my life yeah. <laughs> so um, it's you know that's kind of my path to to this position and, and you know still still a work in progress though so. so just going way back when you yeah. said that um soccer wasn't only your passion but your family's passion too so yeah. was it like when they were in hong kong was it massive there too when they came around back to toronto like was I, was it big in toronto at the time i'm, like, I'm just trying to think like um, it was definitely hong kong that started because uh, yeah. when another inter interesting fact is that when i was born in hong kong it was actually a british colony oh okay right uh, um well, 400 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I do ha I did have my British passport so obviously with being a British colony the English Premier League was huge yeah okay in, fair. in cool. Hong Kong and China um, cool. so it was my dad's passion and you know especially back in the day yeah um, kids went wherever yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, they're not they didn't have the opportunity to go on their phones while dads playing soccer or, yeah, or doing anything to sit in there watching and, yeah. and cheering on and hopefully had a ball inside playing and so yeah. that's how I remember growing up and cool. uh, followed to Toronto uh, and my dad started playing and when we got a little older my brother and I started playing in the I think formerly known as the Toronto Central Soccer League it could it's probably part of the OSA now or mm -hmm. it was the OSA um, and, and, and continue that passion um, even though I didn't get a chance to play from the age of 12 to 18 except for gym class and uh, FJ McElligot it, it stayed strong within the roots of uh, our, our family and we tried nice. to play as much as possible just to kind of add to that though my first year I remember showing up to so like every Wednesday my first year we would play against the alumni to kind of get ready for the weekend and uh, one of the first weeks I knew Coach Young just because he well my roommate at the time Nathan Chiron uh, I was living with him and Coach Young had helped us kind of find the spot in Res and he had landed us a, a room together and stuff because we, we knew each other from high school and uh, so I kind of knew you but I didn't know you very well so <laughs> I'm, I'm showing up to practice on Wednesday and I look over and I'm to see who I'm defending on the other wing and it's Coach Young I'm like wait a second what's going on here what's, what's, what's uh, Eric doing here and then <laughs> at halftime I was sweating I think he had scored three goals right I was like who is this guy? Why is he playing soccer right now? But yeah, just uh, to talk about how you were playing soccer and volleyball and it wasn't just because they liked you, it was because you were very good at the sport. Like it, it was impressive. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. Well, thank you for that. But I don't think they had too many players to pick from back in the day. So. <laughs> I couldn't imagine playing two sports at once. That right? would be unbelievable. So what was that like? Like the, the seasons must have overlapped to, that, yeah. to a tease. So like, what was your day like when you're being a student athlete playing two at once? Um... Luckily, um, we, we competed in the college league in, in uh, volleyball, um, and and at that time, even my first three years, uh, we were considered part-time coaches. So Dwayne was a part-time coach. Um, I don't think I was would be able to do that if I had a coach as demanding as myself. Yeah. Uh, to play to play <laughs> both sports, um, I think there was times where the department wasn't sure if athletes were allowed to play two sports. Um, and making sure that one had to finish before the other. Uh, so for me, it was, you know, um, to, bring, to go back that far, um, it was very enjoyable um, to be able to, to compete in a pretty high level for two sports that I loved and uh, getting an education and being around my friends all the time as you know um, most of what your teammates or at least a chunk of your good teammates are in your program yeah. at, at which is which is the great thing about us um, but it did get tiring uh, in terms of kind of performing I always took about two three weeks um, for my running legs to convert to jumping legs and uh, mm -hmm. at my size if I didn't have my jumping legs I'd be in some serious trouble on the volleyball 
basketball court. Um, but it, it was good. I, you know, if, if to really think that I had one year between playing and coaching, um, I don't think. Yeah, this this place is literally my home. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's literally been my home for a good sixteen years. Wow. That's unreal. Yeah, for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was it hard? I, I don't I don't think it was hard. That, that we had a lot of support here from from the coaches and uh, teammates. We I mean we only the department at that time only had soccer and volleyball, right? And oh, okay. I, I think cross country running. So uh, and a lot of facilities were a lot smaller, uh, but. The toughest part, I would have to say, was that I think both sports practices were always 9 to 11 at night. Really? Yeah, that was the so toughest. would you do? Flip the dice and see which one you're going to? Uh, I, wasn't allow- <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go to uh, volleyball until soccer was done. So would, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, or if there was time difference, I would go to soccer and then I would still I'll go to volleyball practice, but I wouldn't participate. I'll help uh, shake balls and just making sure that I don't miss anything from the coaches yeah, and just be, well. being around the guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. to make sure you know as a first year you want to be to get to know and then as a uh, as a guy into fourth and fifth year you want to make sure that you show your face around the younger guys yeah so you were booked from 9 to 11 pretty much all year long is what you're saying yeah, yeah. yeah 9 to 11 yeah. uh, I think actually volleyball we had uh, uh, well you know maybe not tell my guys these but they have uh, we have Wednesday nights off <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah so um, but again I think that the man was different the level of play was yeah. different um Sure, the nutrition was different too. I've heard some stories from your past teammates. Yeah, <laughs> nutrition was a lot different. Nah, nutrition, too, I, yeah. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't really have too much guidance in, in the area of yeah. strength, conditioning, and nutrition. So, um, you know, growing up being a son of a Chinese restaurant owner is not. It wasn't the healthiest eating habits, <laughs> to say the least. But <laughs> that's unreal. And I, I feel like, uh, so like you said, you went literally from playing to coaching one year after. Yeah. I, I feel like if you see a lot lot of coaches in different sports that seems to be pretty common I feel like that would be kind of an advantage because you've been playing and you're hopping right into in a sense what you would expect from a coach like you kind of have a grasp on what we what you would want as a coach after playing your whole life so was that a little bit easier for you do you think or you know obviously you'd be a young coach at that point but I think that would be very advantageous because you'd probably know what you didn't like of coaches in the past and you could directly come in and try and be the coach that you wanted to be I guess um I think going in was I had that mindset right like you know, I, fortunately I've had a lot of good coaches and mentors and and I say I say good in, in terms of um, there's a lot of things I take away from them and there's a lot of things I, I take away not to do as well mm-hmm. right I think we often mistake that that's not a lesson um, right and it, in fact it's probably a bigger lesson mm-hmm. if you think you know if you go watch and observe it uh, I've you know, I watched as much as many sports as I can at the youngest age I'll go to the soccer field watch how um, recreational coaches are talking to kids and until they NCAA, NBA, and watch how they, they converse with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's learning what, well, I wouldn't do that, is probably a bigger lesson than, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that as a resource and use that too. Um, you know, you, you, at that age, I think I was 26 taking over the program, is that I was like, you know, that you thought that you were at the top of the world already, um, and kind of, okay, well, it should be pretty, pretty simple, but uh, it, it isn't, <laughs> it isn't. Um, one, the tough part was that um, I was still uh, relatively young in my mind to 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 compete, and the, the competitiveness kind of weighed in on me more than anything, uh, than providing guidance. Um, and at the same time, I just finished kind of t- teacher's college. I've been teaching for a year. Uh, there were, and there were also athletes on the team that I played with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a tough. Yeah, that would be. That weird. was a very tough. Yeah, one. How did that go? Like, what was the? I don't know if you want to touch on it. Or yeah, not, yeah. Or, it, yeah it, like, it, it hurt our friendship, I would say. Um, but I think you know, a couple of years later, uh, they they as, as they grew up and, and went on to be. I think one of them is a, a principal now out west. Is that they they fully nice. understand where yeah where I was. Um, and that was one of the probably. Um, I would say negatives to say to kind of turn me away from coaching Um, but it was it was and it still is a huge process Mm -hmm. um, to jump in and and think that I uh, just because um, I was able to handle uh, my own on on the soccer field and and volleyball court that I was end up being um, could be a good coach is that I had a lot of reality checks and and still do at mm-hmm. times. Um, I think 
as I grow older and can't move on the court or in the field, that that's going to be probably do a little bit more better for myself as a as a coaching profession. Cool. Um, but it's it's been good though. Like the, we had, I fortunately, you know, second third year in, I had re- some real good leaders mm-hmm. that really really helped me with me in coaching, and and I and I ensure that I let them know yeah. that at times we forget that we learn from players, right? Sometimes more than they learn from us, right? So hmm. it's a um, it's a good balance. It's been it's been a nice process. It, it you know programs in a good place. I, I believe in yeah, a good place yeah, for sure. Um, but I think it's nowhere where we need to be. Absolutely. One thing too, I like coaching now. Which you said it is your ninth year, ninth season. This tenth one. season going in. Tenth go- yeah. season going in. Yeah. Like that's a long time. And like you said, things have come a long way in terms of nutrition, the way yeah. we train, yeah. and all that <laughs> way we sleep. So how how much have you seen the actual game of volleyball like just actually change? Like even if that's from like a strategic standpoint, because like you said, the demand for the the competitive level that we're all trying to be at is is a lot different than it might have been. In the past so maybe touch on that and, and how because how, 10 years you know that's that's a chunk of time yeah. to, to have something to, to say and I'm sure a lot has changed so maybe just touch on that if you will yeah it's crazy it's just like uh, it's like growing right um, when you're so immersed in it uh, you don't see the evolution right right you just think of well it's part of it but uh, no if now that you mentioned it, I look back from where it is. So, um, well, there, there has been a change for us because we were competing in the college league and Tattoo University, right? So the level of play obviously has yeah, changed. Yeah, um, for sure. Guys, guys are more coming in, definitely more physical, um, stronger, faster, just bigger, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to be you know more powerful um, in, in almost all aspects of the game. But uh, a lot more has changed off the court. I would say, like you said, preparation, strength training. So, you know, till we never had one, till now our guys are fully immersed in the training program that's, you know, uh, trackable by app to my strength coach and strength coach and every night publishes a workout for them that they have on video, wow. videos on an app for the younger ones that aren't sure they could check and they could shoot the videos and the coach, strength coach distance could, could uh, evaluate that. That's unreal. Right? Yeah. Um, Resources has changed big time as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the nutrition, like the the access to information, uh, has opened up so many different opportunities. And nutrition was never, I would never, no, first three years, I never. Well, maybe I'll say you probably shouldn't eat that puts in before <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe you know, leave the, yeah. the diet coke. <laughs> you look yeah. at now it's all broken down to yeah. specific daily routines, game day routines. Uh, that uh, we also have a lot of um, more. Um, physical and mental awareness like mental health awareness yeah right uh, that we as coaches have to be um, make sure that we implement all those into our program as well uh, because that affects performance affects academic and, and on-call performance so I think just the outlook in sports in general 100% has evolved in sure. the last 10 years um, seen every league right like even the pros pros right and everything trickles from there yeah it always trickles down from the pros um and so what that means for us is that we have to evolve yeah yeah (laughs) we have to evolve and make sure that we're adapting to uh all these new information uh opportunities and make sure that we could transfer it into our athletes and make sure they're they're getting uh the best that we can offer. Yeah, just uh, going back to the OCAA and going into OUA. Um, my recruiting trip when I was here, you guys were at the Nationals actually, and I remember yeah. that's like one of the first times I met the guys, and they had it on the big screen here. It was really cool. But um, wanted to see how how was the transition going from the college league to the OUA, and like was it kind of an expansion team almost? You know, what I mean, yeah. like it could be obviously pretty tough. But how did that transition go? Um, I think. It was it was it wasn't easy. Um, you know, we we obviously had a lot of success in the OCAA and CCAA. Uh, I think in that aspect, in terms of results, it, it wasn't easy. But um, in terms of uh, kind of developing and, and progressing, it's been going really well. Uh, we did had a couple of really strong players for us that did move on to the OUA with us, yeah. uh, and I think they realized the level of play really. Um, 
huge mm-hmm. jumps from the OCAA, especially about six, six years ago into the OUA. Um, but it gave us an opportunity to learn, I think. Uh, as soon as, as a program, we realized that it was going to be it wasn't going to be easy and we had to learn day yeah. in and day out uh, um, to reach you know that level of consistency at that level um, it's been fun but it's also been a, a, a lot of work and, and a lot of work for our, our alumni a lot of guys that go through this program who, who took the leap of faith that you know came to Nipissing and wanted to be the trailblazers and yeah. um, you know a couple of years ago to put us put us on a pretty good map cool um, do you want to go into a bit more of like uh, the team now and some of the guys that have kind of passed through? You talk about some of the alumni. And yeah. Some of them are, we've had one actually last year, correct? That went into play pro. And we have an, another player that uh, your captain this year, one of your captains this year, they yeah. just signed professionally as well. I don't know if you want to. He signed, a, he, signed a, he signed with the agency. Actually, okay, cool. all three of our, our, our kind of uh, big guns from um, the last couple of years, which is Cam Branch, Steve Wood, and Warren Taylor, have signed yeah. with the same um, agency. Uh, obviously, Cam had played his first year. He's our first player ever to go, to go pro. Mm-hmm. Um, which is wonderful for him. He's, you know, he's only he's still relatively new to volleyball, right? Only started in yeah, grade twelve-ish. Yeah. Um, but um, as you guys have seen him, he he's a physical specimen and yeah. <laughs> with with the arm with a great arm and um, really takes his nutrition really seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a, he was a baseball pitcher, correct? Yeah, 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 high level, wow. high level baseball player that had uh, offers for uh, Division One baseball, but kind of called quits and came all the way from Windsor and wanted to play volleyball at Nipissing University so that was wow. that was that was that was very good for our program to have him and then yeah um, I think Steve he's just waiting for a contract so it was Warren Taylor who was training at the National Training Center National Excellence Program um, those guys have really uh, elevated our program um, you know collectively and, and individually because uh, all three of them have won multiple awards and uh, all three of them represented us at uh, FISHU winter Canada FISHU 2007 including yourself right yeah I was uh, kind of a default <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool though like yeah. how was the experience itself like for, for you as a coach going down there it was in where was it again where was it? it was in uh, Taiwan Taiwan yeah wow. so yeah that must have been unreal it was um, it was an unbelievable experience uh, both professionally and uh, personally um, obviously I think sometimes we watch so much professional sports that we forget I think personally in my opinion the, the greatest honor is to always represent um, the place that gave you the opportunity to do the things you love freely yeah I think you know I think signing million dollar contracts is always wonderful but yeah. I think if you could wear the red and white and hear that anthem is yeah. something that uh, holds dearly to my heart and it was it was a dream of mine as an athlete right and, and didn't get to accomplish that but I got to do it with coach and and having those three guys there with me was really special yeah. and, and representing uh, not just our program but Lakers Athletics and Nipissing University um, to to see those three guys get the opportunity and, and even get more um, turn more heads with uh, there were a lot of quite a bit of scouts there so I think that's where Cam's opportunities came through cool. as well um, but I'll say you know in, in sports we chase you know if I ask you guys what do you guys chase when you guys play sports as I've gotten older, I've, uh, I've thought about that a lot because, I don't know, there's been points in my life where, like, I remember coming toward the end of junior hockey and I remember coming over Christmas time, I was like, if I don't start getting some offers here, mm-hmm. I ain't playing anymore. And that started to scare me because I think the one thing I've really tried to focus on is just, like, it's an honor to just play. Yeah. yeah. So you break it down to that, at the end of the day, it sounds really cliche and cheesy, but it, it's what I try to look at. I still really enjoy playing and and just the fact that I'm 24 going to be 25 and still get to play competitive athletics where a lot of people stop after high school yeah. or just don't play it and pursue it I'm so thankful for that so I try to just keep a feather in my cap and stay positive that way and just everything after that's a bonus as long as you're working hard and applying yourself to the sport you still love I think you know you should keep playing so I don't know I try to keep it pretty simple perspective yeah. for myself try to stay happy that way but I don't know what about you I don't know well you said you said 
it well there, but I mean, yeah, obviously, like when you're young, you look at the, you look always look at the pro level, right? So for that goal's there, yeah. and obviously there's the fame and there's money surrounded by it. But uh, like you said, though, being able to come here for me and like you kind of get that pro life here too, right? Like you kind of get that feel of it with the change room and you know we have a nice stadium for soccer now too, and you guys have the rink and yeah. the, the gym is unreal too, and we you kind of get all those aspects there, so uh, it's nice. But yeah, obviously when you're you're a kid, you're looking towards a pro level, but I mean, yeah, I think. It, it, it's crazy because you really, when you guys compete at a higher level and you're, you're so concerned about performance and training and everything, mm-hmm. you don't really sometimes sit back and like, oh, Absolutely, why, why yeah. am I doing this, right? So for me, um, you know, got so so lucky in my life that when I started pick, picking up sports, which is, which is when I was like 12, when I got to Mattawa because, yeah. you know, um, it, it would... It was a way for me to earn respect, mm-hmm. being a visible minority right. uh, in a small town. Um, and that's pretty unreal. That's yeah. very special. There yeah. sports, it's more than just a sport. Every time for me, it was yeah. it was way more. It was a, it was a way for me to 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 earn respect. Um, as, but as I grew old, you get to reflect on the things you know as an athlete. I, obviously, I think I, I would could have done better things as an athlete. Obviously, I reflect and I could do better things as a coach. But you know, if I sit down and was like, why why do I why why do I do this? Why do I enjoy it so much? Um, well, you know, I get to wear track pants every day, but that's one. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, as an athlete, I to, if I had to go back and think as an athlete and, and as a coach, um, I, I really enjoy chasing moments, hmm. right? Chasing moments of that victory, glory, even chasing learning moments, chasing losing moments, chasing defeat with, with your teammates, with your best friends. Um, I think... That's really what defines me as an athlete and as a coach was that I always like to chase that moment. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I think there's infinite, infinity moments that you can chase up there so it never stops. And I think yeah. that's the that's the rush of it. Um, so going back to that, that you know, there there's moments in that way, like walking into that stadium was oh, one yeah. of the best feelings and how much they loved Canada there uh, was pretty neat but right before that though about 15 minutes before we were in the I got caught in the middle of a riot really so uh, I'm not sure if I was too hyped about that moment <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was another moment that you know made me it's another learning moment, moment. Right? I was yeah. it was a great learning moment because we got caught in the middle of it with I think six of the Canadian soccer players and one was on crutches and we ran and ran. <laughs> so I got separated from the team wow what yeah. was it like what was the riot about like uh, cool? I think Taipei wanted to be separated Separated. They didn't want to be called Chinese Taipei. They wanted wow. to be their own entity. And you guys are just in the heart of it there. Like, just obviously... They, broke, accident, through, they broke through the barriers. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I think if you ask uh, Steve and one of them, they have a, a video of it. No but way. those guys, they didn't care about coach. They saw the ride. They closed <laughs> they the door to the stadium. Because <laughs> half of us was... No, about uh, four of us were just outside the stadium. Yeah. Because we Canada was about to get called. And so we, we were waiting in the arena to okay. get into the stadium. But you have to go outside to go into the stadium. So it was right after Brazil is us yeah and there's about 15 Canadian delegates outside the arena door and then yeah. the, the other 300 were inside but the riot broke down they closed the doors here's Cam who's 6'5 260 he's like coach see you later oh, <laughs> right? Warren same thing same oh, thing oh god and um we were stuck out there and they were coming at us so we just trying to hurt the, the girls and one of the girls in crutches we found an office and kind of hid in for a bit oh uh, yeah wow that's crazy I, I, I kind of um I'm surprised they never told you this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is that and then everything calmed down and we went in and the the, Cana- the all the Canadian delegates, uh, the top the top honchos had to decide if we were going to go back and I think it was a good choice. Yeah, um, for us to go back because that's a once in a lifetime thing. And for sure, um, the funny part was uh, my wife was watching the the live stream. Oh no! On the uh, <laughs> on the. Uh, as, as countries are entering the stadium yeah. Brazil was good everything and then Canadian walked in it was just the person holding the sign and I'm getting messages uh, where's your team yeah, I'm yeah. like oh don't worry just a little bit of a delay a little bit you know I almost got trounced by the riot <laughs> that's crazy yeah. so, so like how, what happened so they broke down the barrier and then they're running like just they're just running towards like, like in, in reality, they're just causing some trouble. Just causing they, scene, yeah. That's what that's what they want to do, right? Because yeah, you know, like if they broke into that arena, there was a couple thousand athletes in there, and like, yeah. I don't think it would have bode well for them. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, if they get to the door and they have those three guys, yeah, like yeah, and a bunch of other uh, yeah, really, exactly. really uh, physical athletes there, yeah. right? Um, but it was it was 
so with that emotions and then six minutes later heading into that stadium it was just that's probably one of the craziest yeah wow. that's insane yeah. Euphoria, 20, what year was that 2017, 2017 um, yeah. and it was great to be able to share it with um, the, th the three Lakers and, and yeah. you know it was it was just a wonderful opportunity that I'll, I'll never take for granted sounds like an experience yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's unreal yeah, yeah um, stuff. so before we let you go one of the things you know I had the well the pleasure to be able to work with the team last year as a like, student flight therapist and a lot of things I remember you know seeing from you and the team and stuff was that team culture is huge team culture is massive and it's one thing that I kind of stuck out for me remembering the year so I don't know if you want to kind of go about you know how maybe how you built that culture because it, it's tough right like I've seen teams with culture without culture and mm -hmm. it makes a difference um, so how do you go about kind of creating that and what are your first steps towards it uh, first things first um, we haven't built a culture we're building a culture got it okay? nice. um, it's always going to be um, a work in, in progress and I think one of the first things when when this program went full-time even before slightly before that um, I think with the lessons I, like I mentioned earlier about the, the leadership that I had leadership council that I had in my I think third year coaching we won a national championship yeah. um, how they model themselves is what I really wanted all our athletes to model themselves uh, meaning um, when I showed up to practice all three of my captains were filling the water bottles in in the gym putting up the net always the first ones yeah. to take care of tasks that are assigned um, and kind of eliminate the hierarchy yeah of rookies uh, vets mm -hmm. and, and captains and, and set a great example and it's, and to it's funny because nine ten years that was seven eight years ago and it has trickled down and it's the same thing with our captains now if you walk into the gym yeah. uh, it's also almost concerning because the other guys don't know how to put them in that because all right. the captains <laughs> do it <laughs> and, and they're fourth you're like how's this work right. yeah. yeah so it's um it's your interesting thing and one of the big things for us for culture is is accountability um and we're not just saying it to say it. We really hold the guys accountable yeah. uh, and try to create environment for them to hold each other accountable as much as possible. That's one area that we're really working on mm -hmm. um, because what happens for them is that we're such a tight-knit group. I don't know if sometimes you guys notice. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the volleyball guys on campus, you know, that, you know, the close guys are usually around each other, but yeah. Um, and it's usually from 1 to 16, right, all yeah, the guys. That's true. Um, when that happens, you know, I, they're still young, uh, they still have lots to learn, is that they, they have trouble separating friends and teammates, the definition right. of those, right? So um, they feel like if they're holding each other as teammates, accountable, um, that they're too hard on each other as friends, right? And that's completely wrong. <laughs> it's a right? balance. It's yeah. a balance, right? But at first, it starts. It has to start with those guys of leadership that yeah. are susceptible to to letting guys hold them accountable. Um, so accountability is big, and then obviously uh, I hold them accountable, and we have high standards both in the classroom and, and how they behave within their community and how they act and how they conduct themselves on the road how they conduct themselves at home um, and create that you know we have a wonderful opportunity here in the Pacific University yeah. uh, in terms of we're very unique in terms of how our uh, dynamics of our athletics work right um, as you see like you guys said you probably see everyone four to five times a day yeah right? <laughs> um so we try to create that and in a supportive atmosphere as well within each other and whenever we can we um the team goes out and try to support the other programs as much as we can when, when the time is available hmm. um just that we're here to support each other culture we're here to hold each other accountable right? you know also athletes so sometimes forget you know support and, and holding each accountable i think well that shouldn't exist i'm like together i'm like yeah that's you know, when you're holding yeah. someone accountable you have to support it there can't right? be that that's what i mean and i hate that i know exactly what you're feeling because that's every sport it doesn't matter it's that yeah. it's that you you know what's right but when you say it you don't want to deal with the backlash of saying yeah, right. it and it's like you can't you can't associate the feelings 
to have personally for someone if you're trying to be a competitive athlete. Sure. And that's just something that has to happen. And you're like, we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I was was an athlete and that's, it's tough, right? Like, how do I, how do I hold this guy Mm -hmm. who is, uh, part of my language, dragging ass in practice, Mm -hmm. but he's my ride home. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, that's what I mean. But, but that's really, uh, I tell the guys, you got to do what you think it's best for you and for the program. Yeah. Right. And, and if that person can't hold it, that's something that I, as a coach, have to go and discuss about. I think too, though, like realistically, the way I look at it, and then I don't think a lot of people look at it this way. This is what I'm trying to make it a goal of myself. Look at it more this way is, is that it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think we should, you know, if you want to be competitive, you want to yeah. be good. If you're at this yeah. level, you should you're be at expecting a level it from that, your teammates, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. hold yourself accountable, and, and if you're calling someone out, then I think that you should expect to get called out. Yeah. And, you're exactly. not, and that's how it should work. And yeah. you should want that. That's a yeah. good. Friend, I think yeah, that's a exactly. better friend. That's a great to call teammate. Me. Yeah, that's great yeah. teammate, great friend. I want my friends to be awesome teammates. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone's hearing this, rip me apart. <laughs> yeah. I'm dragging boys. But that's um, <laughs> so the one of the rules we've always set for us, um, kind of along so in, in lots of our values, because you know we have we abide by the Lakers core values, yeah. pride, right? But we also in men's volleyball we have our success ten, um, and all of those values that we try to work on every day. Uh, so. Just, just like trust on the court, off the court. Um, individuals and athletes have have trouble. If you if you watch carefully, they'll they'll have trouble trusting others around them on the court, on the field, on the ice, right? And and the root of really that I believe is that like they, sometimes they don't trust themselves first, right? So you can't really go trust others and, and have trust in others when you don't really trust yourself. So I kind of say the same rule for us is, yeah, you know what? You want to go hold them accountable? Go go right ahead. But you have to hold yourself exactly. accountable first because yeah. your accountability towards that player will mean nothing if they end understand that you don't hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, um, so accountability is huge for our culture. Um, it, it's a big work in progress for us is that um, we, know we truly believe that we're, we're really developing the person first before the volleyball player. And I think if you're not organized off the court, you're never going to be organized on the court. So we have some may say pretty strict rules. Pardon me, not rules, standards. Um, and, and the guys understand them. Uh, do they get broken here and there? Yes. Do they get broken here and there more than once by the same person? No. So we're on the right track in, in many areas. But like I said, I don't know if I'm chasing the moment that when it's going to be perfect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting, yeah. And it might never be. I don't yeah. think, yeah. I don't think it, it would be. It doesn't get like that. Right. But the things. fact that you think it could be yeah. Yeah. keeps you watching the chase after. Yeah. This is one thing I've found just through my journey. And like, I don't know, I've played on good teams and I've played on really bad teams and I've played on everything in between. So I find like the only thing I've, the real thing I've learned from sports is the easy way is the, 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 the hard way is the easy way. <laughs> doing the, doing everything the hard way and doing like all the extra work is the easy way. You start yeah. taking shortcuts and that's what yeah. good. It gets that's a little harder. Tough, yeah. You take shortcuts off the court, it just gets harder Saturday night, yeah. Friday night. You know, you're shortcutting. You're, I don't know. That's just, it's for sure. I have, a, just, I have a quote for that. I tell the guys, right? It's, you know, it, if it's easy, it's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're doing things that are easy every day, if you're going in the weight room and you're not sweating, yeah. um, if you're not really pushing, if you're not really feeling it, like it, you're actually probably wasting your time to be yeah, honest. Exactly. So um, I think Will Smith said this once, right? You know, you, you actually chasing the fail sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And guys that are trying to get bigger in the gym, yeah. every time they go in the gym, they actually lift till they fail. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so there's uh, <laughs> Coach Turk there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's um, and another one I always use, like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one a lot. So it's those, those two things, you know, it's, we, we got to make that. And, and that's why I think teammates sometimes have, trouble holding each other accountable because it's uncomfortable yeah it's it should be though right yeah, that's a good conversation right? yeah. it should be a little awkward yeah. almost going into that but team room after feeling, the practice yeah. done but you know what that after i leave that team room it's done exactly. and i won't even I, it won't even bother me if that guy is mad for a day after yeah, that should, right yeah. uh, and then you know what Cause, because in that one day they're really learning about themselves learning how to regulate mm-hmm. for uh, sure. their feelings and their emotions right so it's uh there's a lot of sports and that's why we love also sports right there's Absolutely. really no one 
book of curriculum. No, it's, <laughs> exactly, right. it's different for every Everyone, team. Every team, every yeah. sport. Yeah. We yeah. Have, right. I mean, we we're not a time sport. Mm-hmm. That's right? true too. We're, That's we different. are a, and I tell the guys all the time. Right. We're 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 very fortunate to be given the opportunity to reset after every single play. Yeah. Yeah. So you can control it, right? Like right. Yeah. Clock, it's tough. You kind of but like yeah. you, if you're serving, you're in control. Or yeah. You can receive. Like you it's not such so much of a dependable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never really right. thought about it that yeah. way. Right. We have to. And so that takes a different mental approach than most time sports. Understand. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. It's a, it's a, for us. Um, culture is always a process, and, and but we put that at the front. So when I ask athletes a question, you know, what do you think it's best for you guys, and what do you think is best for the program? So they understand that. What, it's not always just going to be about them. Yeah. Right? We're going to help them individually, like the cams that will you know that they think he can play, but we'll help them yeah. we'll, to reach their goal. Um, but at the end of the day, priority for us is always program. Right. And I believe the majority of guys always understand that. So, do they do the best that for the moment? Probably not at times, but they always do the best. Mm-hmm. And and they, if they have that, in, I think they have that in the back of their heads as they walk into the gym, as they go out, as they represent, and they put that Lakers sweater on. They always have that. How am I contributing to this Absolutely. men's volleyball program in Lakers athletics? And um, and I think that's something that w- w- we're very proud of as a program. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think just to, I don't know, kind of touch on that. I don't know if this is related, but I, always, I had a coach give me something once that was a really good piece of advice when I was really 15 or 16. Because, you know, when we're all growing up and, you, and we're all here, we're all dreaming about that next place we're playing, yeah. that next level, that next game, the next season, you know, mm-hmm. like mid-season, someone's like, oh, well, next year, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have an unbelievable beer from the get-go. <laughs> but, like, you know, we, all, and we all want that. It's great yeah. to have goals. But I had one coach tell me, he's like, if you're not a good, if you don't worry about where you're playing right now you'll never be good where you're at so yeah, just like yeah. really focusing like it sounds so stupid just being present uh, in the moment right. game by game you're not worried about next year you're not worried about oh if I'm going to have a place to play after I'm done at NIP it's just yeah. like gotta play good at NIP you gotta play good right now yeah. like it sounds so stupid and simple but I, it really hit me good and I don't know I, I think it helped me get a little further in hockey and you know hopefully it will help me continue playing hopefully after I'm yeah. done here well we appreciate you coming on I know you have a meeting in two minutes yeah. and you guys are gonna keep, you're going to yeah. keep you accountable for that so yeah. Yeah. Go. Yes, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Uh, keep doing what you guys are doing. I think this uh, adds an unbelievable element to our Lakers athletics, um, especially if you know our recruits kind of start getting a hand of this and seeing awesome. this. Perfect. Um, and shoot them over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, keep kind of portraying the Lakers spirit. And, and I love what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you guys. Thank appreciate you very that. much. Thank well, you. once again, everyone, thank you so much to Coach Eric Young for joining us on this episode of The Lake Show. Thanks again, now. Thank you so much, Coach Eric Young. That was really fun. Really cool guy. And, uh, you know, I think he had a good time on here as well. I think he had, he had that nice, you know, nice smooth voice to him. And I think he's going to sound a little good through these mics. So thanks again to him. And maybe we'll have him on again. Salty, what would you think? Yeah, that was tons of fun. A lot of cool things to kind of pick up on if you're someone that wants to coach or is thinking about coaching too. Uh, he had a lot of very good points. There's a lot of stuff you could use in your own team. One thing that kind of stuck with me was when he was talking about culture and he kind of uh, stepped in when I said, you know, he had built a culture and told me he hadn't built it yet. They were still building it. And you can just tell, you know, how, how his mind works and how he's continuously working on that on that team and how he treats it almost like it's a like it's a baby. So we appreciate him coming on. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. To build on to that, I think it's really cool how you see that, uh, you know, if we have more coaches on here, you know, you look back to, you know, having Coach Katie Hamilton, women's basketball coming on as well. And she was saying somewhat of the similar, you know, similar, you know, lessons learned and stuff and what really matters when you're trying to build a program. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's really cool. I just as an athlete hearing these perspectives and this is, a, you know, a fan of uh, sports and uh Basically, human psychology is the way I actually like to look at it because that's it's so cool to me just the way that people interact with others and try to get the best out of them. And I think that's what sports is, and that's part of what going to university is and dealing with all these great professors and coaches and leaders we are having ourselves surround. So that was awesome. I'm having a good time doing this, Salty. And uh, I, I really hope that we start cranking out episodes if that means you know weekly if not more and you know hopefully it doesn't really matter. I thought about it. You know we thought about dialing it down in the summer. And maybe that will happen. We're not, not going to make any promises, you know, see how busy we get with work and whatnot. But 
I'd like to continue this through the summer as, as well as some other projects that uh, we're starting to branch out and work on. We're having a good time with these uh, podcasts and, and stuff like that. So it's been fun. I started yeah. blogging a bit too and, and doing a little bit more of that, trying to try out some other stuff. I'm terrible at it, so I don't really want to go into that. Anymore. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, it's tough when you you don't want to toot your own horns, but I will for you. I mean, you. I read a couple of your articles. They are hilarious. If you have the time to check it out, they're usually on Twitter. You'll see me retweet them and stuff too. And um, Harps, <laughs> he's got some articles on there that are awesome. So if you're a hockey fan or just a sports fan in general, um, I, the one that I read lately was hockey, but I think you're writing about more stuff too, right? I'm honestly, I, I, they kind of gave me free reign to do whatever I want and I can just post, go crazy. So yeah, so I'll just, I don't know. I wouldn't look too far because <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but it'll be fun. But hey, yeah, if you're looking to, to get a quick read and, and to laugh in between of our episodes too, go, go check them out because they're, yeah. they're awesome. That, I'll, definitely I'll not you. affiliated with the school at all. So if you yeah, true. Go good point. That, uh, just, uh, it's not even, it's just, that's an alias. That's satire, if you will. So uh, <laughs> don't take any uh, light to that. Anyways, um, absolutely salty i'm having a great time hopefully we get this done and up tomorrow you think that's possible or is that crazy i think that's the plan we'll try and get that in and uh, i gotta be at school at eight tomorrow but other than that i mean i'm I'll just be plugging away and getting this done you know it is 11 8 p.m right now so i don't know don't feel too uh, crazy if you want to go to bed. That's a little more important. <laughs> we'll get we'll get her done we'll make it happen for for everybody to to listen about the least uh topic there but yeah kind of uh kind of said better myself it was fun fun episode a lot's going on a bit of a longer one but hey we we're gonna throw it at you guys and hopefully you guys enjoy it absolutely well thanks so much salt we'll talk to you soon and uh folks this is the lake show what else do you want to know summertime party coming at you the next four months till we're back here on campus so if you're in town give me a shout because i'll be around that was weird don't know why i would say that uh anyways uh salty having a great time here. That was so weird let's get out of here before i keep talking thanks so much folks what else do you want to know stay steamy <laughs>